Well, a very big hello, everyone. I'm Duncan Dornoff, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tasmanian Harness Highlights podcast. It's great to have your company as we look back at last weekend's action here in Tasmania and have a look to the action this weekend. We've got two meetings. We've got Hobart on Friday night, first race just after 5.40 for that Friday night program. Launceston, on the other hand, referred to as a Sunday twilight meeting, gets underway at 5.57. Let's look back at last week's meetings because we've got plenty to get through. We uh, only had the one, as I touched on, in Launceston. Ten races on the card. Recapping the winners, trying to tell you for Matthew Howlett, the winning trainer and driver, took out the first event on the program. Of course, this place is sort of back in the field from a wide draw and was able to circle the field up and score by just over a metre and a mile rate of two minutes. Tried to tell you by well said, now has won two of his five starts, both those wins on the Launceston track and was well supported late in betting to score in race number one. Recording the quickest last half of the race in 58.09 and the quickest last quarter in 28.44. Race two was uh, the first winner of a night for trainer Ben Yell with We Salute Shoe, of course, the girl son of Well Said, who was driven by Mark Yell. He couldn't get in early. He went all the way back to last and just drove for luck along the peg line and was able to get that luck. To, to score aboard this pacer, who now registers back-to-back wins, uh, three wins uh, so far this season. He's won uh, 18 overall with 124 starts in the bank, and uh, uh, he's getting on in the uh, rating system now and could well be a Country Cup player in the next couple of months. Lesha took out the third event on the program. Todd Rattray trained and drove at this pacer to victory. Of course, uh, Drew Barrier 2 on the second row was able to get a nice uh, run just off the speed and was able to bounce back into winning form with a narrow win over the fast-finishing Queen of Dance in a mile rate of a sedate 2-3. Leisure 58.28, the quickest last half of that race. Queen of Dance, the quickest last quarter in 29.85. And back in race 2, I forgot to give you those sectionals, We Salute You was the quickest last half in 57.87 and the quickest last quarter in 28.95. Race four on the program, saw Streslecki Watuzi break through for his maiden win at start seven, so much to the delight of uh, trainer, owner and breeder Brooke Hammond, who collected her $10,000 Tazbred bonus with the win, of course, after I recorded the podcast last week. There was a number of... Uh, uh, incentives, financial incentives announced by Taz Racing, one of which was uh, an increase to $10,000 for the four-year-old and older component of the Taz bread bonus. Uh, very well received, uh, many probably believing that it shouldn't have went that way to start with, but uh, it's back where it belongs now at $10,000 for those four-year-old and older horses. So uh, well done to Brooke for getting the hair bonus there. It's for Lecky Watuzi, Sam Freeman, well, she got away with murder in front, 46-4 lead time, 32.4 first quarter. It's always going to be hard to run down that pacer over the concluding stages. Uh, Zarina, who finished second, was the quickest last half of the race in 59.46. And Streslecki Watuzi, the winner of the race, 31 seconds, was the quickest last quarter of the race. The Quaddy got underway with race five, and this was taken out by I'm Rock Solid, who 
I threw out as one of my best bets on the podcast last week. Uh, of course, he went round in a standing start race where he galloped out. He got checked in Launceston in the start before, but his form prior to that suggested this race was a massive drop in class. Mark Yo was able to take bad luck out of the equation early and prove too good late for Stevie Jolt and Impulse. But I'm rock solid. He's been racing well this season. He's won three of 14 uh, during 2022, and that was his seventh career win, Shane Boone at Port Sorrell as a trainer, and he's been doing a good job since taking out uh, his trainer's licence. Uh, from that race, Ken's Chips, who finished fifth, was the quickest last half in 57.98, and Stevie Jolt, who finished second, 28.78, was the quickest last 400 of that event. Ben Yell was back in the winner's list in race six. He prepared uh, the trifecta here with the Mitch Ford-driven no-nuke skipper being the victor here. This pace was inclined over race uh, behind the leader and got out in time to defeat Kenya. No-nuke skippers won four of 29 this season and had been racing consistently prior to that win of a couple of placings in Hobart. Uh, during those uh, spring series uh, heats and finals that they've been conducting there in the southern part of the state. So no new skipper, a deserved win in uh, race number six. Kenya, who finished second, 58.55 and 29.22, the quickest closing sections of that race. Another horse that's uh, been going around in those heat and final races was Shami. He took out race number seven on the program. We've got Jacob Duggan in the sulky. He galloped out, of course, in that $20,000 final behind Mellon Rowley last time out and got a long way back to start prior to that. But his form before before those two standing start races was very consistent with a number of second placings. And good to see him uh, record his second win of the season. Of course, he'd registered seven placings uh, in his 17 starts prior. But Charmy's Launceston record is something to take note of. He's now had four starts in Launceston for three wins. So he certainly likes to trip up the Midland Highway. And Jacob Duggan, uh, the winning driver there. Charmy, 58.76 and 29.36, the quickest closing sections of that race. We rounded out the quaddy with race eight, and it was the Benyale prepared slingshot winning here over the sprint trip. In a mile rating of 157.9, this space has got... Uh, excellent mile form interstate before arriving in Tasmania and did put the riding on the wall of a handy second behind Cynical Germain. Uh, going back to September 4, well driven by Corey Bell, he was able to get this pace into a lovely spot uh, from his trailing draw in the second row and proved too good for Camerdeck by a uh, half neck. Uh, we touched on Charmy's good record on the Launceston track. Slingshots was poor, that's his first win in Launceston in 12 tries, but Certainly more wins in store on um, the strength of that win. 57.8 was his uh, last half mile, 28.9 on the way home. Ideal Corrada took out race nine for Neville Rattray. Neville, of course, the brother of uh, Kent and Barry, for those trying to work out the family tree. Uh, Neville, 62 years of age, recently retired. He's bought a property out Carrick, less than a kilometre from the track, and... I think with a little bit of encouragement from his brother, Kent, he decided to, to get back into the harness racing game and that ideal Corrado was only having his fourth start under the care of Neville, so he may well have the better strike rate of the rat race. Uh, Neville with a one in four strike rate here. Of course, ideal Corrado was first up since June 19 
confident drive by Gareth Rattray in the early stages from a wide draw to find the lead. And uh, it was a good front-running drive by Gareth because he knew he'd done a bit of work. He backed off and then bowled along the last 1,200 metres. And I was unable to catch him, defeating Long and Winding Road by 15.3 metres. While it was the first training win in the harness code for Neville, it's not his first training win overall. He did uh, train uh, the odd galloper back in the late 90s and had success there. So he switched codes uh, Neville and uh, joins uh, a, a, an elite list of people that have trained uh, winners in both equine codes. There's a few doing it now, but uh, there's been the odd one or two over the years. So well under Neville. First of many wins, I'm sure, given the strength of that, that win of Ideal Corrado, and I think he can win again this week. And the fast-class race of the night, the rare earth pace uh, rounded out the program. Diamonds and Cash, of course, he raced in some very nice races in Victoria. I think he's won about five Metropolitan races. So uh, if it wasn't for the rating system, he could well have been handicapped out of these races in Tasmania. But with this rating system, it allows horses to find a level where they can be competitive. And that's the case here with Diamonds and Cash. Of course, he won a similar race in Launceston back on August 28. Uh, then went around the Metropolitan Cup where he deficited. But back into that level, uh, he was too good for Pardo Plugger, who put up a brave effort over the concluding stages. So Diamonds and Cash, 57.1, quickest last half of the night. Pardo Plugger, 29.32, the quickest last quarter of the race. And just back to race nine, Corrado Dazzler, 60.4 and 30.82 the quickest sections of that race, but the 30.82 doesn't take into consideration of the uh, the lead time and, and the uh, sectionals from the 1,200 metres. So it's just one thing you've got to factor in when you look at them times. So that's a look back at Launceston from Sunday night. Looking ahead to interstate this weekend, uh, strong Tasmanian contingent at Melton on Saturday night. Hayden Bromack lines up in the first. Cosimo race six. Princess Chiller, Rock and Tommy Rules, and Arden Roanoke, all prepared by Ben Yol, line up in the final event on the program. Uh, Yonkers on Tuesday morning, Ignatius is back. He's drawn the pole in race eight. A big night at Globe Derby Park in Adelaide on Saturday night. It's the Australian Drivers' Championship meeting. Connor Crook and Rowan Healy are representing Tasmania. Uh, there's an article that'll be on the Tez Racing website shortly, if it's not already. I've had a chat with Connor, uh, which you're about to hear after the break, uh, just to, to catch up with Connor and see how things are going in Victoria. Of course, he said he's 99.9 of his success has been in Tasmania and he's honoured to be representing the state. And I know Rowan Hilly is thrilled to be pulling on the green and gold uh, for the first time as well. They are wearing the state colours, green and gold, but they've had a bit of a facelift uh, to uh, what we usually see. So just keep that in mind when you're watching that the, uh, the state colours. They're still green and gold, but they have changed slightly. So uh, interesting to see the feedback of participants, uh, if they like them or not. Uh, some sad news. Unfortunately, we've lost uh, Eric Fleming. It was announced in Saturday's paper that Eric had passed away, of course, a uh, former winner of the Eagler Tatlow Medal, recognised his contribution to the stakes harness racing industry. Of course, Eric, and along with his wife Renee, ran the successful Kalani stud, successful owners, breeders, trainers, administrators, and uh, he passed away 
last week, aged 85. So our condolences uh, to the Fleming family because, of course, Renee not that long ago passed and now Eric uh, is uh, also passed away. So condolences to everyone involved with Eric Fleming. And Flashing Red, he passed away on the weekend, of course. We knew him as an ice horse here in Tasmania. He won a Devonport Cup. He tasted success in the Danbury Park Cup. And uh, he sort of got on his mark here and Connections decided to sell. And uh, what he went on to achieve uh, on the other side of Bass Strait, and in particular the Tasman, is something pretty special, of course. He wasn't Tasmanian bred, but all his early work was done here. His first 60 starts were in Tasmania. Uh, he won two New Zealand Cups in 2006 and 2007. He also won the Auckland Cup in 2007 as well. Two heats of the Inter-Dominion that was held in Tasmania in 2006. Uh, a Ballarat Cup, Winter Championship, Popular Arms Sprint and Cordina Sprint as well. Just some of his highlights. He won just over $2 million, but those New Zealand Cups were worth good coins. So bulk of that coming from those two races. But he ended with a... Uh, 171 starts for 38 wins and 57 placings. So uh, a sad loss there to Flashing Red, of course. He was inducted into the Queensland Harness Racing Hall of Fame in 2008. Took us a little bit too long, probably, in Tassie to put him in in 2014. Uh, Queensland do run one of their feature group three races after Flashing Red. And, uh, yeah, sad to... Hear that news over the weekend, the passing of Flashing Red. We'll take a break, Connor Crook on the other side, and then hopefully some weekend winners for the meetings in Hobart and Launceston. TazRacing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian harness racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by TazRacing.com.au. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, a big weekend at Globe Derby on Saturday night with the Australian Drivers' Championship taking place. 11 heats scheduled there on Saturday night. And one of the Tassie reps is Connor Crook, who joins us on the podcast. Connor, long time at no see. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. A bit's changed since we last spoke to you. Uh, Victoria, you finally got to Shepparton now. You've been a bit of a process getting into that new training centre. How's things settling in now? Um, yeah, it's good to finally be in. It was a bit of, um, yeah, a bit unfortunate that we weren't able to get in straight away and um, we made a couple of moves, but, um, yeah, we're in now and the horses seem good, so hopefully once they settle in, they'll start racing a bit better as well. You've been covering the length of the state. Uh, I was just having a look in some of your past 10 drives. You've been covering ground from Mildura to Warrigal, so you've seen plenty of the countryside. Yeah, I've probably seen more Victoria than I did Tasmania, to be honest. I've only been here a couple months. So, um, yeah, just sort of trying to work out, um, you know, sort of where racing gets a little bit weaker over here. Obviously, um, it could be pretty tough in certain places. So, yeah, we just sort of experimented with a few things and um, tried to find the weaker races for us. Right, oh, Saturday night, you're wearing the Tasmanian colours at the Australian Drivers' Championship. The second time you wear the state colours, you did represent the state in a Young Drivers' Series in New Zealand a few years ago now, but no doubt an honour to be wearing the green and gold. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Obviously, um, you know, I've been over in Victoria for the last couple of months, but I'm probably still called Tassie home and, um, yeah, spent, you know, the last six years um, in Tassie involved with horses and um, obviously, you know, 99.9% of my success has come in Tassie. So, um, yeah, still really honoured honor to represent Tassie and, um, you know, hopefully we can have a little bit more luck than we did in New Zealand. We didn't, didn't have all that much luck there, so hopefully things improve um, on Saturday night. When you arrived in Tasmania, you hadn't proved a winner. So, you know, to, to be representing Tassie from where you've come from, is it sort of something you sort of set out to, to hopefully do when you arrived in Tassie from New South Wales? Um, probably not. It's probably a little bit surreal, to be honest. You know, you go down with the ambition to, to make it one day, but, um, you know, for things to fast-tracked, um, how they have, I probably didn't, probably didn't aim for this, but, um, yeah, certainly taking everything um, as it comes. Uh, so there's 11 heats. You don't drive in every race, unlike Tasmania. They haven't been able to attract full fields, but you've got to drive in most of the races. So uh, I, I don't know the South Australian form that well. I don't expect you would too. But from from what you've seen, who do you reckon your best winning chance is to get some points for the uh, for the Island State on Saturday night? Um, yeah, I'm probably about as good as you as reading um, South Australian form. A, a real good look at it, but I'd have to say race ten, number two, Sadie Jane. Um, he'd have one start and, and one by a fair margin, so hopefully um, it can improve again second up. And, yeah, just looking at it face value, he's probably my best chance, I think. Well, Connor, on behalf of Tasmania, congratulations on your selection and uh, we wish you all the very best on Saturday night. Perfect. Thanks, Doug. Dogs are barking for Sadie Jane, race 10, number two, in uh, the Australian Drivers' Championship Series at Globe Derby Park. So looking forward to that program. Uh, Brittany Graham on track for Sky Racing. So we'll sit back and enjoy the action from Globe Derby. And I certainly think it's good Globe Derby and uh, us here in Tasmania. We've shared this series since it went onto the calendar and I certainly hope it stays that way because the other states have the opportunities to race uh, events such as the Eureka and the Inter-Dominion and uh, these series for Tasmania and South Australia puts the spotlight on us Gives us some prime time coverage on a on a Saturday night. I certainly hope uh, we can get it back here in Tasmania in the not too distant future. I'm sure Tas Racing would love to host it again. Hobart race tonight, five forty one. The first, my best bet comes up in the third event at around the five dollar quote in Sean to the max. Really liked his fourth two starts again. I don't think he was disgraced last time out. Ricky Duggan in the sulky from gate one. So. Ticks a lot of boxes. Sean to the max, my best on the Hobart program, which gets underway as I touched on at 5.41. Sky Racing 2 and Tez Racing TV, the place to catch that meeting. Launceston race on Sunday, 5.57. The first, the quaddy gets underway at three minutes past eight. Let's have a look at the quaddy. Open first leg, it's a rating 60 to 69. I've been over 2,200 metres. 12-hour Balu on top for me. He's down in grade. Didn't mind a second place in here going back to early August and hasn't been too far away in his own grade since. Of course, he went around the Metropolitan Cup last time out. He was 18 metres behind the winner. He just got carted back by tiring runners. This is a big drop in class. Nathan Ford in the Sulky, 12 on top. 13, we salute you. has strong winning claims. He's won his last two. He got overluck along the pegs last time to score. Uh, but he did do it with authority late. 10, which is he's razor sharp. Wouldn't surprise here a winner in Launceston five starts back. And uh, 
some nice horses that drawn the back end of this field so he could get the right card into the race and we all know how good he is with a lethal sprint late and at number three equity stride uh, pulled way too hard last time out if Mitch Ford can get him to relax uh, from a nice straw should give them something to chase so 12 13 10 and 3 my numbers in race 5 race 6 9 queen of dance narrowly defeated here last time out uh, if she got a bit of luck at a vital stage, uh, the result may have been different when she got caught behind some tiring runners, but there's a lot to like about her final 150. Gets a nice trailing draw here from the second row. Two, Juniper, I put in as the main danger. She's been placed in the last two, was just grabbed late by Leisha here last week. 11, that being Nero Stride, of course. He started favourite here in Launceston last week. Uh, he's... Previous racing had been good, but had been against his own age group. He's back against the older horses here with his three-year-old claim. That shouldn't be too far away in 10 bigger races. So 9, 10, 11, and 10, my numbers, race 6. Race 7, Colton Draft Stakes. Uh, 9, Hickstead's going on top for me. He's first up since joining the Troy Hilliard stable. His last start was back in June. He had a carry trial back on the 10th. He sort of back in the field and... Just worked home nicely into fourth position. Uh, small field should be in his favour here. I'm going to put him on top. One part plug of the main danger. I thought he was good here last week behind Diamonds and Cash, where he did a little bit of work early, sort of on the back of a leader and tried hard late. Seven aha reactions, always consistent at this level, and two jawbreaker rounds out my top four. Nine, one, seven, two, race seven. And we round out the quaddy with the... The uh, VizPix broadcast services stakes, of course, VizPix provides all the race vision and live streaming services of Tasmanian Racing, and they sponsor this last leg of the quaddy. It's over 1680 metres. I think Ideal Corrado can win again. Uh, really good gate speed from a wide draw last time out. He comes back to the mile here, but on the strength of that win, I think he can go back to back. Spiky Boy should get a nice soft run on the pegs, uh, a handy winner in Hobart, four runs back. Ranieri uh, should be back on the pegs as well from that draw. I just think uh, uh, with an ounce of luck, shouldn't be too far away and 10 slingshot a last start winner. So I think it's a bit of a pegs-dominated race, so that's why I put them in the order of 3, 1, 8, and 10. Uh, Ideal Corral is one of my specials. I've also got uh, JJ, I got this, but uh, would probably be short odds on the uh, strength of a few of her trials. We've seen she's on debut race 1, number 6. And if this pace again is a start, Leonard Skinner is a former Kiwi, drawing the stables of Steve Lukak. Watched a few replays. I think uh, this pace has got the gate speed to lead. Uh, really good second at Addington. Uh, sat on the back of the leader, used the sprint lane and just missed. I think there's a bit of an art with getting former New Zealand horses across Bash Strait to win first up, and Steve Lukak's got a good record at doing that, so I'm not concerned with that. The only thing I am concerned about is if he gains a start, so race four, number two, Leonard Skinner. So three best bets for Launceston, race one, number six, race four, number two, and race eight, number three. That rounds out a busy podcast. Plenty of the news on the Tasmanian racing scene. Pleasure to bring it to you as always, and look forward to your company next week.